You can spend your whole life getting offended over everything. Or you can save your outrage for the stuff that actually matters. When you feel that level of outrage about the state of the earth and how we take care of her, the Amazon being destroyed, the polar ice caps melting, like the problem is that when everything is important, nothing's important. When everything offends you, then nothing really offends you. When every little tiny thing is controlling your existence, it means anytime you open an app on your phone, you run the risk that your mood is going to shift and change. And not only that, but you will lose access to the stuff that really should upset you. And that might propel you into the legacy you have yet to create. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the show. Thank you for being here and hanging out and wanting to have this conversation with me. It is a bit of a one-sided conversation, but I still think of this as a community and a communion that you and I have together, and I'm grateful that you're here. Today's episode inspiration came to me while watching a motivational reel. On Instagram. I am a sucker for some kind of motivational video where there's like a keynote speech with B-roll of people like working out and it's all like black and white and it's inspiring and it pumps me up or it's like someone in the military or someone who's an athlete or whatever. I, I, it is so cheesy, but I am a sucker for it. It's like motivational porn and I swear the algorithm knows me. It'll just be like, Rachel, we think you probably want to watch this video by a boxer circa 1997. And I'm like, you're right, I do. So I happened to see this video and he was talking about basically like suck it up, suck it up. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's brutal. Yes, it's all of these things, but you need to suck it up and keep going. And I'm going to be honest, I love shit like that. I do. I love it. I love it. Here's the thing. Not every day of every month can I handle someone in a motivational way telling me to suck it up and keep going. But on the flip side, there are times where that is so helpful for me, like that I just need to shake myself out of it and keep moving forward. And I'm so grateful for like a Navy SEAL in a YouTube short 
screaming at me to keep going. Like, (laughs) I don't know about you, but I find it really helpful sometimes. Sometimes I'm like hormonal and I'm crying. And if someone tells me to push harder, I will crumble into a ball and go eat some cake and like hold myself and weep. But other times I'm like, yes, thank you for reminding me that I am strong enough to take another step. So I saw that video and I loved it. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's anything like sort of if I have any thoughts along the similar vein. And I don't love a like straight, you know, like, yeah, you could do it. If you want that, you know, come see me speak live. But on the podcast, I try and do things that are a bit more open that can kind of apply to a wider audience, not just people who really want the hardcore motivation. And so what I thought of when I saw that video was when in life I need to hear to suck it up and keep going. Like what's going on in my life at that particular moment that I really need that information? And could I build an entire episode for y'all around that time period? And what I thought of was that I need that kind of in-your-face motivation when I'm making it harder on myself than it needs to be. And when I say it, I mean life. When I am making life harder on myself than it needs to be, when I am making the pursuit of my dream harder than it needs to be, when I am making the goal harder than it needs to be, when I'm making motherhood harder than it needs to be, And I'm assuming if you're like me, you also accidentally find yourself in places, in seasons, in days or weeks or months where you are inadvertently making it harder. Let me explain. I was at yoga a couple months ago and my favorite yoga pose which before I ever tried yoga, I never thought I'd have a favorite yoga pose other than, you know, dead man's chest or whatever you like lay on the ground like a, you know, you're just like a dead body, like laying there sleeping. For years, I had never done yoga. And so that was the only yoga pose I liked. But I actually do have a favorite yoga pose and it's dancer's pose. I think it's so pretty. When I do it, I feel beautiful. Like I look in the mirror and I'm like, wow, your body's cool. You are beautiful. This is, this feels very badass. I I really love this pose. I'm in class and I'm taking a class by one of my favorite yoga instructors. Shout out to Joel. And Joel says, you know, he gives the direction to go into dancer's pose. And I hike my leg up behind me. You put your foot into your hand. I lean forward. I'm, you know, holding one foot, leaning forward. It's just, if you know it, you know it. And I'm feeling very fancy in my yoga, but also I'm a wobbly mess. It's a balancing pose and it's hard for me. I'm like doing that shaky, like I'm unbalanced. I'm the boogie woogie bugle boy of company B. Like I'm just like, ugh. And Joel comes up to my yoga mat, which is always like a little disconcerting because I'm an A-plus teacher's pet and I never want my yoga teacher to be like, you're doing it wrong, you know, because I should get everything perfectly. But he comes up to me and he he's like, Rachel. And he takes my hand 
and he readjusts my hand and I realize it's hard to explain if you're watching this or if you're listening to this on audio, but I would, I had like inadvertently, I was so quick to grab my foot and get into the pose because I wanted to like achieve something that I had twisted my arm around and my wrist in a really funky way. Like I had basically given myself a chicken wing to hold my foot in the air. And he was looking at me like, what is she on? And he was like, Rachel. And he just took my hand and loosened my wrist and then showed me how to put my foot. And it was like the easiest thing in the world. All of the wiggling and balancing struggle immediately stopped. And he looked at me and he said, don't make this harder on yourself than it needs to be. And I was like, I am going to bring this up in a podcast episode at some point because it was such an aha moment for me. It's the simplest things. It's the slightest adjustment that we need to make to bring ease and flow to our current life, existent, project, relationship, whatever. But oftentimes we are so caught up in the process of doing that we don't realize we got our arm in a funky chicken wing and there's a much easier way to pull off the pose. So my intention for this episode is to be your version of my yoga teacher today and to perhaps point out some ways that you might be making this harder than it needs to be. As I go through these things today, would you do me a favor? If you find any of this helpful, would you share this episode? Send it to a friend, share it with your mama or your husband or someone in your life that you think could help to be an accountability buddy and help point out the ways that you might be doing these things. Or maybe you see someone in your life who is doing these things and you want to use this as a conversation starter. Just hit the share button and let them know about the work that we're doing here on the show. I would really appreciate it. It's worth saying before I jump in that almost every single thing I am going to mention potentially is going to be a little triggering for you. You're going to hear it and you're going to be like, no, that's not fair. That's not my fault. I shouldn't be that like you'll have a response. And so what I would love to point out to you right now before we jump in is that if something does make you feel like an instant um, negative response to what I'm saying, that you would use that as an indication that there's something there. That there's some kind of like, ooh, I have some weird feelings around this particular subject. And just know there are times of life where you will be able to receive this information. And there are other times in life where it's going to piss you off. It's like me telling you, you know, I love a motivational post and There are certain times where that really fires me up and other times where it really pisses me off. So I don't consume that kind of content unless I'm in a place to receive it. So for you, I'm going to say the same thing. This is maybe not an episode you watch or listen to if you are not in a mood to be challenged a little bit. All right, if you are still here, we're going. You have been warned. The number one way that you might be making this all harder than it needs to be. 
you have to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and start there. You have to stop feeling sorry for yourself. All right, now that our blood pressure is spiked a little bit, let me unpack this. We have to go through periods of life where we need to process the hurt that has been done to us. We need to process the hard stuff that we have walked through. We need to process it. You need to do your therapy. You need to do your prayer. You need to meditate. You need to unpack and go through and deal with the pain, deal with the hurt, deal with the anger, the bitterness, the rage, whatever is inside of you. That is what has to happen first. But let's say you've done therapy. Let's say you've processed the thing. Let's say you have done the work to get past, you know, your abusive ex-girlfriend. You've done what you needed to do to come to terms with the fact that your mother was a narcissist. You have processed, you've done it, right? You've dug in, you've talked to your friends, you've talked to your therapist, you've talked to anyone who would listen, you've done the work, okay? At some point, you have to suck it up and not feel sorry for yourself anymore. Not because you don't deserve those feelings, but because those feelings are making you weak. Now, pain, sadness, bitterness, any of the things that I talked about, those are real, those are true, those must be dealt with, those must be faced head on. You gotta look in the mirror and be like, here is my stuff, okay? But once you have done that, if you remain in a space of feeling sorry for yourself, if you keep rehashing over and over all the wrong that has been done to you, it will make you weaker. It will rob you of momentum. It will rob you of strength. It will erode your confidence in yourself, in your project, in your work, in your dreams. I'm not saying it's not justified. In fact, if that's what you want to do, this is your life. This is your chance. These are your decision. Sit in feeling sorry for yourself for the rest of your life. That is your decision. But understand that feeling sorry for yourself and moving forward in a real, authentic, true way, those two can't coexist together. They just can't. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. 
And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. When I was going through a very public breakup, there was so much behind the scenes that nobody knew. Turns out there was a lot behind the scenes that even I didn't know. But what I knew and what had happened, it's making all sorts of emotions like bubble up in me. My throat's getting tight. My throat chakra is like so used to not being allowed to like speak truthfully. I just feel all of these things and even mentioning it. I'm not going to dig in and I'm not going to unpack it. And that's not what I'm going to do. But there's a lot of truth that has come out. And when I was going through my divorce, I was publicly shamed on every level. Stories were made up about me, all of the things that I had done, that I was doing. I was this bad person. I was this Jezebel. I was a liar. I was all of these things. And I couldn't, I didn't want to explain to a public why I was making the choices I was making. And if you went back and reviewed three years of any time I've spoken about it, I've said it was an unhealthy marriage. It was very unhealthy for me. It was very unhealthy for our children. All of those things were true. I said what truths felt like I could say. But I didn't want to reveal truths that my children were not aware of. And I also just felt like it was shitty to talk about someone else's truths. Yeah, the truth finds a way to come out. I guess, is the headline there. My point is that the whole time I was being shamed publicly and privately by this person, I knew the truth. I knew the truth, and I didn't say it. And I felt sorry for myself for about a year, maybe more, maybe a year and a half. I felt really sorry for myself. I was trying to keep a company together that had been almost completely destroyed by the decisions of someone else. I was trying to dig the company out of financial ruin so that I could keep 60 employees employed. I was dealing with a really ugly, hideous divorce. I was trying to raise four kids who were grieving. I was really struggling every fucking day with not knowing how on earth I would get to the other side of it. Really struggling every day. And what I mostly latched onto was a feeling of this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Nobody knows the truth. And nobody cares was the other thing that I told myself a lot. Nobody cares about the truth. Nobody cares about me in this. They care about the story or what's sensational or I really wallowed in that for a very long time. And it didn't serve me at all. 
but it didn't serve me at all because the more that I obsessed over this idea that this wasn't fair, the more I gave power to the person who was hurting me. That person became the monster under the bed. It became this massive thing. It became, I felt like I couldn't get past it or I couldn't get out of it. And y'all, I had to be strong. I had to be strong. I was a leader of a massive team at work. I have kids who are counting on me. I am the financial supporter of my family and have been for years. Like everything's on my shoulders. I felt like, you know, Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill, like so much. I know Atlas is the one with the world on his shoulders, but like both of those characters is what I felt like. And I look back and I understand how much weaker I made myself by indulging in the feelings of why me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? Why didn't I understand? Why didn't I see this sooner? Why didn't I stand up for myself? Why didn't I push harder? Why didn't I fight back? Why, 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 why? I like just use this as ammunition obsessively, obsessively. And in retrospect, I realize it took me so much longer to heal and to get past it and to regain my strength. It took me so much longer because I, w- I, I just sat in that feeling sorry for myself. And I can tell you, if any of you find yourself in a similar place, you know, I have a friend who was screwed over by a business partner, like horribly screwed over by a business partner. And lots of friends who have, you know, exes that were just garbage, bosses that are terrible, like your parents, you know, whatever. We all have our version of this. But I can tell you that when things really started to change for me, was when I stopped feeling sorry for myself. I just accepted what is. Just accepted it. It is. That I mean, it sounds like the simplest, maybe stupidest thing in the world. But when I just accepted, you know what, Rach? You got it wrong. You got it wrong about this person. You got it wrong about who you should trust. You got it wrong about how to handle it. You got it wrong. You got it wrong. And I told you earlier in the conversation, you know, I like to do things perfectly. I like to get it exactly right. So that was a hard pill to swallow because oftentimes I think we stay in the space of feeling sorry for ourselves because feeling sorry for yourself is way easier than admitting how angry you are with yourself for getting it so wrong. Because if we're not feeling, like if if we're feeling sorry for ourselves, we can blame someone else. Taking responsibility, accepting everything as it is, stoic philosophy, like it is what it is. Accepting that, that was how I began to change. Like, okay, this person is who this person is. The reality is what the reality is. Here's how you're strong. Here's what you can do. Here, That's solution-oriented. When you get out of the murk of 
feeling so freaking sorry for yourself. On the other side of that is solutions, ideas, resources, connections, strength you forgot that you had. There's a warrior mentality in that. But if you keep supplying yourself with all of the reasons that you are so weak, you are going to stay here in this swamp. I would love if you ask yourself, maybe pause this episode for a minute and just sit with this question. Where in my life am I feeling sorry for myself? that I need to just accept what is and move forward. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to say, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's 
traveltexas.com slash get your own. All right. The second way that you might be making this harder on yourself is by getting offended. Getting offended. I mean, this is the name of the game. This is what we do now. This is what the world is all about. This is what the internet is all about. It is all about getting offended. We love to get pissed off. We love, let me say that differently. I think the world loves to find a reason to get pissed off. The the anger and the pissiness and the bitterness and the rage, those are all just sort of, you know, percolating below the surface. We're just looking for an outlet to be pissed off. And we use the stuff that we see in the world, in media, on social, on the internet. We use that as an opportunity to feel offended. And again, I don't want to spend this whole episode like giving like, but obviously there are moments and there are. Yes, there are some really harsh, disgusting crap happening in the world that you should feel deeply offended over and go to war to make stop. Bigotry, hatred, racism, sexism, hurting other people, war, what we're doing to our freaking planet. Like there's so many things that you should be personally offended over. Someone saying a comment about the state that your grandma came from. You know, someone said something about Alabama and you were like, how dare you talk about Alabama? My great-great-grandmother twice removed was from Alabama. I am personally offended. You know, someone's like, oh, I don't like chihuahuas because they're those dogs are mean. Number one, they're right. Number two... Not all chihuahuas, but many. Number two, what do you care if a stranger on the internet doesn't like the breed of dog that you love? What do you care? What do you care if a stranger on the internet's like, oh, um, working moms don't love their kids? Well, that person's an idiot. You're literally going to give energy to the idiot? You are going to take your time to feel one second, like any energetic shift in your being in a negative way over something that a stranger on the internet said about kitten heels, about dolphins. You guys, I mean, it's like I'm joking, but I'm not. Because when I see the stuff that people... By the way, they don't even need to get offended over someone saying something. Now people get offended over you not saying something. On one of the motivational videos I was watching, um, I didn't know like when you're watching a video, I guess like when when people comment that it pops up like on your video, you see someone comment. And I one of the videos, the guy referenced a Bible verse. And, you know. I born and raised in that environment. So I know all the Bible verses. And I was like, oh, he he wasn't, I don't think he was like a Christian, whatever. 
But I was like, oh, that's cool that you're using this scripture to make this point, which is a very good point. And the person popped up and was like, well, if you're going to mention that Bible verse, then you should also mention these Bible verses. And if you're going to represent the Bible, then please do it. Like it was so, she was offended that he didn't use more scripture in the 30 second video. Y'all, what is going on? What is going on? Okay. Again, this is your life. This is your decision. You do what you want to do. But I personally think that it is crazy to be giving people this much power over you with the words they say. And if you're like, well, what are you talking about? I'm offended because it pisses me off, not because someone has power over me. Yes, 100%. If someone's words can change your mood, you have given ownership of your energy away. And what's even worse is you are giving it away to inanimate people on a little box that you keep in your pocket. It's nuts. And the reason I want to do the show is because I was like, that's the thing. We get in this world and we're like so wrapped up and we're so busy and we don't understand that we're doing something that makes no dang sense until someone says, hey, sister, what you're doing is a waste of your time and energy. It reminded me, I went back and scrolled screenshots. I'm literally going to find when I, I literally scrolled all my screenshots in my phone going back to forever to find, because I remembered I had screenshotted a quote from Warren Buffett. Okay, I screenshotted this on December 26, 2018. So apparently this is what I was doing the day after Christmas was scrolling Instagram. And it was a quote from Warren Buffett. If you're not familiar with Warren Buffett, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't care. It's a good quote either way. He said, you will continue to suffer if you have an emotional reaction to everything that is said to you. I'm going to just read that sentence again. You will continue to suffer if you have an emotional reaction to everything that is said to you. True power is sitting back and observing things with logic. True power is restraint. Now, this is, this is the gold. Please listen. Get ready. If words control you, that means everyone else can control you. Breathe and allow things to pass. You can spend your whole life getting offended over everything. Or you can save your outrage for the stuff that actually matters. When you feel that level of outrage about the amount of people who will sleep on the street tonight in your hometown. When you feel that level of outrage about the state of the earth and how we take care of her, the Amazon being destroyed, the polar ice caps melting, like when you see that giant floating island of plastic in the middle of the ocean, like let those moments of outrage propel you to make real change. The problem is that when everything is important, nothing's important. 
when everything offends you, then nothing really offends you. When every little tiny thing is controlling your existence, it means anytime you open an app on your phone, you run the risk that your mood is going to shift and change. And not only that, but you will lose access to the stuff that really should upset you and that might propel you into the legacy you have yet to create. Okay, the next way that you might be making life a lot harder than it needs to be or making success much harder to achieve is that you make their opinion more powerful than your own. You make their opinion more powerful than your own. Because if you hear someone else's opinion of your business, your product, your service, the thing you're trying to do, the book that you wrote, if you hear someone else's opinion and it immediately shuts you down, then their opinion is more powerful than yours. If you have an idea for something that you're really excited about and then you go tell your partner about it and they're like, I don't know, I don't know, that's not, you know, that's not really my thing. I'm not really into that. There is a part of me in the past that if I got really excited about something and then I took it to my partner or my bestie or my kids or whatever, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you guys, we should totally go do this thing. And they were like, um, you know, I don't, you know, it's like, whatever. Like, I don't know if I'm really that into the idea. It was like a stop sign. It was like immediately my interest, my enthusiasm, my joy, my curiosity were all squashed. I'm sure that goes back to the way I was raised to be a people pleaser and to think that other people's opinion was more powerful than what I thought. But I've since learned that if someone's like, I don't know, I'm not that interested in the idea. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to go do it by myself. In fact, if you haven't listened to it, there's an episode every Monday. I do an episode here on the show called A Quick Word. So a quick words are great because they're less than 10 minutes. So it's just like a quick word on something to start your Monday off. And I did a quick word on flying solo. The entire conversation was about going to concerts by myself because I freaking love music. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. I love going to a show. And there's few things that are more disappointing to me than going to a concert that I'm really excited about with someone who doesn't like the band we're seeing or doesn't like the artist that's performing. It's the worst. Now, some people are like, they're down to clown. Those Enneagram 8s, they're here for the party. They're here for whatever. They don't care what the music is. They're going to have a good time. But most people will go because they love you but they might not enjoy themselves. And if you're someone who can sense the emotions of other people, if you are a people pleaser, then you're constantly adjusting your thermostat to someone else's temperature. So you're like, oh, dang, they're really not enjoying this. And so, you know, I'm not really enjoying this. In that episode, I talk about the fact that you should just go to stuff by yourself. Just go by yourself. 
You're totally allowed. Go by yourself. You will have so much more fun by yourself. Not only that, you will probably meet other people who are interested in the same stuff you are interested in because you're not there with a bump on a log. It doesn't mean that your partner's like bad or wrong or you're incompatible because, you know, he doesn't like death metal the way you like death metal. No, it just means that this is your thing and you should embrace your thing. You make things so much harder on yourself when you make someone else's opinion of anything in your life more important than your own. And I'd go so far as to say that that is relevant for the hard stuff too. Yeah, I think that a lot of times in business, this happens a lot where For me personally, the most success I have experienced is when I am trusting my gut. It is all intuition. It is all guided. It is all right on plan, right in line. Where I have historically made the biggest mistakes financially, the biggest mistakes in terms of planning for my business or launching things too soon, it was 100% of the time because I was listening to other people and I had a feeling in my gut that something wasn't right, but I ignored that feeling in my gut because I thought that their opinion was more important than my own. And I do this in business a lot. I don't know if you guys ever find this, especially for those of you who are entrepreneurs or leaders. I've got some weird psychology around thinking that a man's opinion is smarter than mine. And I don't even necessarily think that consciously, but it's the environment I was raised in. I was raised in a deeply patriarchal home. I went into a marriage that was patriarchal. Like if the man said it, it was right. The religion I grew up in was very much over and over and over. It was instilled in you that the man knew best, that your husband knew better, that your father, your husband was the leader of the family. Imagine thinking that someone is smarter and wiser because only because they have a penis. It's wild. And every day all around this globe in so many different cultures, in so many different religions, that is what women are taught again and again and again. If someone has a penis, they know more than you do. And it's crazy. It's crazy that you could experience success. It's crazy that you could work so hard for something and still subconsciously, which is very dangerous when it's subconscious, you're like, I think it should be blue. And then the penis in the room is like, I think we should do green. And it's like, oh, oh my God, of course, of course, of course it should be green. And then later everyone's like, well, the, the sky was blue. Why didn't we just do blue? And you're like, God, I knew, I knew it should be blue. So why didn't you do it? Well, because I trusted their opinion more than my own. Look, this philosophy doesn't insinuate that you are always right. In fact, you're going to be wrong a lot. That's the beauty of partnership. That's the beauty of accountability. That's the beauty of asking yourself questions and really understanding things and not rushing, taking your time and being intentional. That's the beauty of it. I don't want you to think that you know the answers to everything. 
I just want you to stop assuming that they definitely know the answers to everything. Because making their opinion greater than your own is going to sever your connection with your intuition, which is everything, 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 everything. Go slow, move with intention, check in with yourself, check in with that inner knowing about whether or not something is right. Allow them to have their opinion. Do not try and talk them out of it. Allow them to have their opinion because they're a human being and they're on their own journey and give yourself the same grace. The fourth thing that you might be doing that's making this way harder, quitting in the middle, quitting in the middle, favorite place for people to quit. It's pretty easy to start. It's pretty easy to start. (laughs) It's pretty easy to get fired up. It's pretty easy to make a plan on January 1st. It's pretty easy when there's, you know, a big milestone birthday or you move to a new town, something's going on. It's pretty easy to use the momentum of a big moment to start something. When you're at a race and, you know, the the pistol fires into the air and everybody starts running, it's pretty easy to run with the crowd. But what about mile 10? Mile 12, the hardest freaking mile of any race I have ever done was my first marathon, mile 18. Mile 18, absolutely brutal. At mile 18, there's not much of a crowd anymore. You know, they'll, they'll be there at the finish line, right? They're at the start, they're at the end. But at mile 18, it was hot as balls. It was so hot. I thought I was going to die. People were passing out left and right. There's not a lot of people watching me. And, you know, what's that? There's a psychology around this. Um, We work hard. Let's just, let's just look. Let's look so we know. Let's look so we know. Psychology around working harder when people are watching. Ah, got it. It's called the Hawthorne effect. The Hawthorne effect was, if I'm not mistaken, like a a sociologist or a psychologist or someone years ago was studying people in a factory. I I could 100% be making this up. I'm going to keep it in because it's funnier if I am. But essentially, he was studying workers and he found when the workers were being watched, they worked harder. When you hear it, you're like, yeah, that makes total sense. But how often in your life do you do this? Me, that day running the marathon, mile 18, I still had eight miles to go. I had been running for hours. It was 92 degrees. I felt like I was going to die, and I still had eight miles to go. And do you know what saved me? My kids were waiting for me at the end of mile 18. My kids were waiting for me. So I knew that I was about to run by and all my kids were going to be there cheering at the end of mile 18. So I found something inside myself to look strong, to look like I had it together, to be able to not collapse because I knew my children would be watching. The problem is we find ourselves in the middle, in the middle of the monotony in the middle of we've been doing this habit for months, in the middle of trying to make the business work, in the middle of it. 
and nobody's cheering for you and nobody's watching and nobody cares and it's boring and it was so much funner when you went out drinking all the time it was so much funner when you were partying it was so much funner when you know you slept all day on the weekend instead of getting after your hustle like it was so much funner it was so much easier it was so much more relaxing all of these things and we trick ourselves into thinking you know what this sucks i'm not getting anywhere nothing's going on why am i even putting in this effort cuz it's the middle And the middle sucks. And the middle is where most people will give up. But not you. Not you. You did not put in all of this effort to stop here. You didn't. No freaking way. Because you know what you know deep down in your soul? If you quit, you're just going to have to start again later. You're just going to have to start again later. Maybe you're going to start again on this exact same project. Maybe you're going to come up with a whole new thing because that's what we love to do. We love to start something new. So we pretend that the old dream and the old goal wasn't really what we wanted, wasn't really who we are. Actually, it's this thing over here. I meant to be this the whole time when really that little voice, that like feeling in your stomach was like, you freaking gave up. You quit. If I have said it once, I've said it a thousand times. I'm going to be an old lady doing this podcast in the future. You know, we probably won't even have like audio. It'll just like download this directly to your brain or whatever. But just imagine me 90 years old and I'm still going to be telling you the same thing. My success, not because I'm smart, not because I'm the best speaker, not because I'm the prettiest, not because I'm the most connected, not because of anything other than the fact that I just keep going. The internet can come up with all kinds of reasons why I've had the success that I have had, why other people have had the success that they have, why you have had the success that you've had. People can come up with all sorts of reasons, but the freaking truth for anybody is that they kept going, period. There's no other answer. The amount of stuff that has knocked me flat on my back The amount of things that has knocked you to your knees, that has had you crying, had you wanting to give up, that has put you into a shame spiral. You're feeling like crap. I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have tried harder. I should have pushed. I should have done whatever. Like all of that stuff, you're still here. You are still here, damn it. Don't give up now. Don't give up When you're just about to start to see some results, look, if you need to fake some stuff, fake it. Set you, you know about the Hawthorne effect now, right? I told you about it. So take that knowledge, okay? I work harder if people are watching. Okay, start documenting your process and building this company in a vlog. Start telling your kids about what you're doing. Start having them share in the successes with you. Take them along when you're training for your first 5K. Like bring other people into the process if that's gonna help you. Don't quit in the middle. The beginning, everybody can do that. The end, very few people will ever see because they give up here. 
and they live a life that's just okay. And they do all sorts of things to numb themselves and pretend that they're not disappointed with all of the things that they stopped trying to do because it got hard. Don't give up here. In fact, don't just don't even think about it. Don't debate it. Don't unpack it. Don't sit with it. Don't journal. Just be like, nope, nope, nope. We're not even thinking about this. We're just going to keep doing it. We're just going to keep going. We're just going to stay in the zone. We're just going to keep putting our head down, do the freaking work. Just do that. When that little like devil on your shoulder is like, maybe we should, you know, go get drunk this week. Just flick the devil off your shoulder and keep going. I swear. I swear. You just need some results. That's the thing that people don't get. That's what keeps you going. You just need some results. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and you don't see anything, you don't have anything to show for it, hell yeah, you're going to want to quit. So you need something, something that's going to keep you in the mix. And that's some kind of result. You want to know the result I'm rocking right now? If you're not watching this on YouTube, you should be because it's fun and because that's where the vlog lives. But what you can't see is the greatest bicep I've ever had in my adult life. Look, it's just look at this. You can see it. Okay, I'm not making it up. You can see it. And one of the reasons you can see it is because I have started wearing tank tops in videos because I'm proud of how my arms are looking. And my arms don't look like, I don't know, cool workout people, but it's the best my arms have ever looked. And what like the regimen that I've been doing, because I just, I don't know if I told you guys this, but like a month ago, I was like, damn it, I just want to know. I just want to know once and for all, what does it take to have defined arms? And my boyfriend, bless him, because he's like the king of like experimenting and like figuring out your body and like how to blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, just commit that it's going to take six months. And I was like, what are you talking about? If I, you know, if I stay on plan, if I'm working out, if I'm doing whatever, like I'll see results right away. And he's like, no, Rachel, if you actually want to know, commit to six months. Don't think about it. Don't question it. Just do what you already are doing, but don't change it up. Just stick with the plan, but commit to six months. And I'm two months in and I'm like, oh, 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 this is okay. So I'm really curious to see what happens four more months from now. But it's so boring. It's so boring. This, it's just this arm workout and the dumb smoothie every day. And like, oh, you're not getting enough protein. Eat more protein. Like, but I don't want to quit in the middle. And there's a thousand other things in my life I don't want to quit in the middle. And I don't think you should either. So stick with it. The fifth thing I'm just going to touch on very briefly because I did an entire podcast episode about it and you can go listen to it. It's episode 390, 390, and it's why you're not manifesting. Certain things you might be doing that are keeping you from attracting the thing that you're working toward, attracting your dream partner, attracting your dream job, reaching that goal, achieving that revenue stream that you were hoping for. It's a great episode. It's been really popular in the community. So if you haven't listened, go check that out. 
But I just want to touch on this very briefly. One of the things that is going to make everything about your life feel hard is being in a vibration of fear. At the end of the day, I believe there are only two main emotions in the world, period. There is love and there is fear. And if you unpack any feeling that you are having, positive or negative, I think that you can keep unpacking it all the way back to either love or fear. When you are constantly obsessing over when, when is the goal going to happen? When is my dream man going to get here? When am I finally going to make the amount of money I want to? When, when Lord, when universe, when guides, when, 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 when. When you keep thinking about when, when you keep thinking about where, where is it? Why isn't it here yet? Why isn't it happening? Your vibrational level is one of fear. It's 100% grounded in scarcity. You are afraid that that thing is not going to come to you. Because if you had absolute faith that it will all work out just as it's meant to, you wouldn't be asking when you wouldn't be asking where. If you had absolute faith in the process, if you had absolute faith in your creator, if you had absolute faith in divine providence, whatever you believe in, if you have true faith, you're not worried. It's only when we talk about when and where and why and all of these things, we're in scarcity. It's like, I remember... At times in my life, financial is is one that is deeply triggering for me. I grew up, my family struggled so badly with money and we struggled with food and there was a lot of fear for me around where money was going to come from and how we were going to make rent and there not being food in the refrigerator. There was a lot of fear for me as a child around financial scarcity and I don't know if you guys can find a version of that in your life. But then it's very easy for me to be triggered into that again. And when I was going through all of this hardship in 2020, that really bubbled to the surface. And I would be like, when and where and where and where and where and where. And I realize, I mean, it took like clawing, clawing my way out. But I obsessively practiced meditating in abundance. I obsessed over, you know, focusing on what I did have, focusing on the feelings of gratitude. And it's hard when you're anxious about something like that. It is so hard to find enough peace to latch on to a gratitude meditation when you feel like you're in danger when you're afraid, it's very hard. But I am telling you with every piece of my being that you will never attract the thing that you want. Or maybe you can hustle hard enough, work hard enough that you'll claw your way through, you'll beat your way into the building, right? But it is a totally different vibration than stuff just flowing to you. Then like, everything's working. It's all working out. It's all just flow. It feels, you guys, it feels so different. It feels so easy. It feels so 
not stressful and I pay so much attention to the parts of my life that feel easy and flowy and the parts of my life that feel stagnant and hard and frustrated and tension because when things feel like that to me, it is a red alert. Run the flag up the flagpole, sound the alarm. This is an area I have to pour into with abundance and gratitude and positivity. And maybe you will roll your eyes and just be like, this is woo woo and this doesn't affect me. The only reason you are saying that is because you haven't felt the flow of walking in faith. Because the second that you have a taste of that, you never want to go back to that fear again. And it's hard to learn to have faith when you're feeling so afraid. But it changes everything. Not only does it change your ability to bring things into your life, but it completely changes your enjoyment of the life that you're living. I hope that was helpful, guys. If there was something I said today that you were like, oh, great to take a deeper dive, or you've got a question about anything and everything, definitely call into the hotline. I do a regular episode here on the show called Ask Rach. You can call in. It's just like an old school answering machine. It's 737-400-4626. And you can call in, to my knowledge, from all over the world. We'd have, we've would have had people call in from everywhere. So feel free to call in from wherever. Leave me a voicemail. You can do it anonymously. You can leave your name. But ask a question that you would like me to unpack on the show. And maybe it'll be in an upcoming episode. I am headed out on the road. I've got some upcoming shows. Check out the show notes if you want to see where those are. It's possible by the time this airs, my LA show will be sold out. It's pretty close. There's only a few tickets left, but New York is coming up. So you should definitely come hang out with me in New York. If you're available, the link will be in the show notes. And uh, yeah, that's all I can think of guys. Thank you for hanging out this entire time. Please send this to a friend if you think it will be helpful. I'll be back soon with more information. And until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. CIDP disrupts. CIDP derails. Let's be honest. CIDP sucks. But living with CIDP doesn't have to. When you sign up at ShiningThroughCIDP.com, you'll find inspiration and real patient stories. Helpful tips, reliable information, and more. CIDP can be tough. But finding hope just got a little easier. Sign up at ShiningThroughCIDP.com. Be heard. Be hopeful. Be you.